Welcome to the Ministry Mindset Podcast. The Ministry Mindset Podcast is designed to help people discover their God-given purpose and to learn to put that purpose into action. Welcome back to the Ministry Mindset Podcast. Tom Darling here. So glad to be back. We took a little time off during the summer. So glad to have you all here and looking forward to our discussion today. We've been spending time talking about what a ministry mindset is, right? This idea of being able to identify your purpose and then put that purpose into action. Once we, you know, start to define, well, what is my purpose? What is a spiritual purpose? We taught the Kazone process about how you develop a purpose statement in the intersection of your spiritual gifts and your core values and beliefs and your past experience. And then taking that and actually looking at our personality, looking at our strengths, looking at our spiritual gifts in more depth. And then, of course, we talked about spiritual wellness and having that balance between our mental, psychological, our physical, our spiritual and financial you know, well-being, all keeping the wheel, the spiritual wellness wheel, completely round and in balance. Now we're going to jump into what I consider one of the funnest parts of developing a ministry mindset. And that's where we actually put our purpose into action. We actually start creating some actionable steps and actually going out and experimenting with serving others and testing those things that we've learned about ourselves in the real world with some real outcomes. I like to call this you know, spiritual entrepreneurship. We talk about this in the book, The Ministry Mindset. A lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around what entrepreneurship is. You know, a lot of people think, well, that's you know, running a business or being a successful business person. And really, entrepreneurship is much, much greater than that. It's, it's not just creating a business or creating a project and, and you know, working through to try to create a profit or a meaningful outcome. While that is kind of the base definition for, for a, a business model, entrepreneurship is more about creating meaning and value for other people. And when a business person, an entrepreneur, does that in business, anything that they create to go out and sell to somebody has to be of value to the person that they're selling it to. If, it's, if there's no value there, their product is not going to sell. You know, I don't know if any of you have ever watched Shark Tank or any of these entrepreneur reality shows that, that have been on television, but there's always a person that comes up and they have this great idea for this really big and vibrant, crazy thing that's never been done before, something unique, and they really practice their pitch, right? Their conversation, their elevator speech, that five minutes of fame that they have to get out there to really communicate what their grand idea is and how it's going to change the world. And then hopefully these people, these sharks or these investors, you know, will will get it, will buy into it and be excited and then give them money to go out and actually build it or develop it. And, you know, we see this and we've all kind of been trained that this is the way that you sell or convince somebody to support, or buy into, invest in your great idea. And there's this sense out there that in order to get that to happen, your idea has to be revolutionary. It's got to be so unique and differentiated that no one's ever thought of it before. And then hopefully somebody will gamble a little bit of money or time or resources on you to be able to actually put it into action, go out there and reach the life that you want to reach. What ends up happening often on those shows, though, 
is the sharks, the investors, they pick holes in the idea and they ask questions about how many have you sold and how much profit have you made? And, and then the person there that has this fabulous pitch oftentimes can't answer some of those questions. And I think, you know, what we, what we see, what we're seeing going on there is we're, you know, we're kind of missing the point about what, you know, the entrepreneurial process really is about. It's, it's not about, you know, a get rich quick scheme. It's not a shortcut. One thing you cannot do in the entrepreneurial process is find a shortcut to success. Some of you may be saying, well, Tom, that's great, but what has this got to do with ministry? And I will just tell you that in my experience and all the years that I've spent doing ministry, volunteering in ministry, creating, you know, solutions in ministry and outreach programs and, and events and things in the church, that the same things exist in the church that exist out there in the real world when it comes to creating value. We always have this idea that we want to do something. And so we go and we, we think, okay, well, I want to serve the poor. So we immediately come up with a solution as quickly as possible. How can I quickly get out there to serve the poor? Well, I can create a clothes closet or I can create a food bank or I can get a bunch of people together. We can go buy food. We'll raise money. We'll collect a bunch of food. We'll take it to the homeless. And then we will help the homeless with our food. And that is a noble thing. Churches do it all the time. People do it all the time. Nonprofit businesses in our cities and states, they do it all the time as well. But the question I have to ask for anybody that I coach who wants to start that kind of mystery or has a heart for someone, you know, who's homeless or someone who's doesn't have access to food or is struggling or living on the street or whatever that is, what is your outcome? What is the value that you want to provide for this audience, whatever that audience is, and is the value, does that align with the solution that you've already decided you're going to go out and do? If we create a solution just off the cuff as quickly as possible to try to throw something together to go out and to help somebody, do we really know if that solution is going to help them in the way that they really need to be helped? Let me give you a little story that took place many years ago. When I was in college, we, we had a college ministry group and a small group. And it was just after Thanksgiving, and we all had this desire to do something. And so we decided as a group that we were going to adopt a family in our local community, a needy family who wasn't going to be able to provide Christmas gifts to their children. And we were going to go buy them Christmas gifts and get them things. And then we were going to show up. We were going to schedule it, show up at their place, you know, a couple of weeks before Christmas with all of these Christmas gifts. And we were going to be a blessing to them. And we were going to read some scripture and pray with the family and really do something meaningful. So we did that. So we got the group together. We we raised about five or $600. We went out and we bought toys for the kids. We bought them coats. We bought them some shoes. So we put all this together. We wrapped them. We, you know, well, we had a great time together putting that all together. And then the day came for us to deliver it and take it to the family. So we put it in a truck and we 
all drove down to the family. We got there. The family was waiting for us outside because that organization had let them know we were coming. We got out. We, we brought out the presents and you know, handed them to them. They were very thankful. And, and we, you know, it was just a wonderful, meaningful moment. And I was talking to the father and, you know, I pulled him aside and, and we were talking and, and, and he said to me, you know, you know, thanks, Tom. I really, really appreciate all that you all have done. This is, this is really great. He says, but I, I just got to tell you that my kids are going to have all these presents to open. And, but what am I going to do after Christmas? He says, every Christmas we have families like you that come and do this. And so my kids have gotten used to their being these people that come and bring Christmas gifts. He says, but then after Christmas is over with, he said, you know, I've got other issues that I struggle with and I can't be the kind of father to my children that I, I need to be. And my kids don't think that I can provide for them because these people keep coming and bringing stuff to us. And, and it's really hard and I don't know how to process through that. And I really appreciate what you're doing, Tom, but it may, it just makes me feel bad. And I remember I prayed with him and then we left and, and I thought about that and I thought, oh my gosh, this was meant to be a blessing to this family. We, we had decided that the best way to serve a family at Christmas was to do for them what they couldn't do for themselves because obviously that would solve that issue in the household. That would help them relieve their anxiety, help relieve their stress, help them feel better about themselves, and, and they could see God's blessings through us and our giving and providing and sharing of what we had. The reality was is that what this family was already already believers, which we found out later, and one of the things that we never considered was they weren't seeing somebody giving of their resources and being helpful, but for the father of the family, he was seeing somebody from the other side of town coming all the way over and providing for the needs of his family that he couldn't provide for and making him feel like he can't do what we can do for him. And the outcome ended up being, it was great for the children. It was great for his wife, but it was not great for him at all. It made him question his own value. And I remember sitting and thinking about that. And I've never forgotten that story because we thought we knew a problem. We decided to solve that problem with a very quick and easy solution. And we just believed that we were providing value and we were doing, we were doing God's work. In reality, when you go back and look at that story, if I had to go back and, and tear it apart and think, okay, what was the value that I was providing, that we were providing as a team, as a group to this family? You know, clearly the, the values where we were communicating was, is that, oh, uh, we're going to help you be more like us. We're, we're going to, we're going to help you live up to this idea that Christmas is supposed to look like this. It wasn't the value of helping that family in the way that they needed to be helped. How in the world can I find out what the real problem is, what the real value that needs to be provided must be, so that when we go to serve, we're actually accomplishing the outcome the real valuable outcome that needs to be accomplished in helping to serve somebody. See, this is exactly the same thing that businesses do all the time. They have this assumption 
that somebody needs or wants something. And so they go and they make this thing, assuming that there's an audience or a market for that. And then they go out and sell it. And if there is a market, then they will sell out, right? They'll sell everything that they've made. If there's not a market, they won't sell or they'll end up selling to different people maybe they didn't think that they were going to be selling to because they didn't fully understand the problem that they were solving for their audience, right? This happens in businesses and stores and shops all the time. But transferring that over to our ministry, there, there is this belief that I've seen in the church from people, well-meaning people who want to help others, that we believe that anything we do where we give of ourselves, where we uh, share something, where we reach out, anything that we do for somebody else, because we do it under the guise of glorifying God, that it's always going to be great and the outcomes are always going to be meaningful. We need to take a moment and we need to ask ourselves the question, just because I'm a believer and just because I'm giving something away or just because I'm sacrificing something for somebody else, am I truly providing value? Am I truly ministering to that person? Because unless we fully understand the problem that we're trying to solve, we may end up solving a problem that's really not there or solving a problem that's just a symptom of another problem, a bigger problem. I, I, I used to do short-term missions uh, when I was a youth leader with high school students. And we would, we would take our high school kids down to Mexico. And there was a few churches that we partnered with and we'd show up and we'd spend a week with them. We would help them build something or we would, you know, we would play games. We would do vacation Bible school. And it was amazing. And I remember having a conversation with one of these pastors in Mexico one year after we left, and he was very thankful and loved us coming down. And just before we were leaving, there was another group that we saw showing up the day we were leaving. And it was a group that looked just like us. They all had matching t-shirts. They brought all these groceries. They, you know, brought their guitars and and all their all their stuff, just like we did. It, it was really interesting to me. And I remember asking somebody at the organization, I said, you know, we just spent a week with this this church and we were being helpful and doing things. What happens on the other 50, 51 weeks a year? And the, the person at the mission organization told me, oh, well, you know, actually this church has a new group come every week. And I thought about that for a minute and I thought, well, that's great, right? I mean, that's wonderful. But it occurred to me that that church had developed this perception that, you know, every week there would be a new group of these kids from America that would come down and do things and meet, reach the community and help them build their building. And, and the reality was, is that that church and that community got used to these people coming in. And, and I remember when I was talking, talking to this person about, you know, because in my perspective, it's like, well, we really want to feel like we're making a difference and we want to help them. And and this leader told me, he said, well, Tom, you have to remember, you know, these short term high school missions, while while they're there to help these these churches in Mexico. The real reason why we do this, Tom, is so that we can give these American upper middle class children an opportunity to see the rest of the world and to get a different worldview and to, and to develop a different perspective. And, 
And I thought about that for a minute. I thought, oh my goodness, that, that's interesting. So the problem that we thought we were solving was helping them. But really the problem that's being solved by these short-term mission outreaches with these high school groups is really about helping the semi-wealthy upper middle class high school kids develop a worldview so they can appreciate what they have. And, and I remember thinking to myself, wow, that, that was something that surprised me a little bit. Now, granted, there's nothing that I want more for our middle-class American high school students is to develop a worldview and to be able to appreciate the rest of the world and understand that. That is, of course, we want that. But thinking about in terms of a misaligned understanding of the purpose or the problem we're trying to solve, if I, as the leader of that group, had identified the problem that I wanted to solve was to help these kids get a worldview, I might have done something different. You know, we might have gone on a, on, a, on a retreat. We might have had some guest speakers come in. We might have actually stayed home and not gone to Mexico and actually gone down to our local shelters in town and served so that they could make the connection that the community, the, ne the need for service, the need to step outside of oneself could, you know, exist right here at home. Because that's, you know, that's one of the downfalls of those mission trips is that there's this perspective that, you know, all of this only exists outside. It doesn't exist right here in our own backyard. So why do I tell these stories? Well, not that not to dissuade any of you or any church from doing outreach and and being involved in the community and, and helping the homeless or helping those that are less fortunate. We need to continue doing that. But what I really want to focus on as we are thinking about putting our purpose in action is I want to really be specific and want you to be specific about understanding the problem that you want to solve, that you feel called or, or inspired by God to solve, to really spend some time being intentional. Uh, it is really, really good for a new believer to quickly get involved in service at the church, at the local church to start greeting at the door or, you know, serving, you know, on your local host team, uh, being an usher, helping, you know, collect the tithe, uh, joining a small group, being, you know, doing some things in the community. Uh, it is so important to get involved and, and put ourselves outside ourselves, right? That, that is important. We must do that. But the audience that I'm talking to here, we are, I'm talking to people, to you all, who have already done that. You accepted Jesus Christ as your savior. You've recognized his priority in your life. You've received his Holy Spirit. He has burdened you and touched your heart in a way that you want to make a difference in other people's lives. You want to help other people. And you're ready to understand how can I use my life for a greater purpose to serve Christ and to do it right where I am in my everyday life. That's really the, the key foundation of the ministry mindset is having a mindset of ministry of serving others. So in order to be intentional, not just accidentally kind of doing things because they need to be done. I mean, we, we, we need to get up in the morning. We need to put gas in our car. We need to go to work. I mean, those are things in life that have to be done, but being intentional about what am I going to do? What, am I, what problem am I going to solve? 
when we choose to be intentional and we choose to truly understand the problem it is we're trying to solve, then we can create a pathway to solving that problem and experiment in a way where we can be highly effective. Do I really know what the problem is? Do I really know what that family's issues are? Do I really know what the problem is in my community? Do I really know why we have a crisis, uh, you know, a homeless crisis in this area? Or do I really know what's going on with our single mothers in, in our neighborhood? Do I really know what's happening with my neighbors and what their issues are? And is there a way that I can help solve those problems for those people and glorify God? as part of that process and not just show up with Christmas gifts once a year, right? This is, this is what we're talking about. And so if we apply an entrepreneurial approach to solving problems and we understand that many of the problems we're currently solving are symptoms of larger problems and we decide that we want to have a different attitude and, and we want to think more broadly, I, I want to, I want to just say, say something, Albert Einstein said something, made a quote that is so pivotal in understanding this logic. And he said, we can't solve problems with the same thinking that we use to create them. And if you think about this, many, most of the problems we have in our society today, the struggles that people struggle with are not problems that were brought on by outside forces that we had no control over. Yes, you know, pandemics and some of those things we can't control when there's an earthquake, when there's a tornado or a hurricane. But if we really stop and take a look at a lot of the problems that exist in our society that are causing people pain, that give us as believers the opportunity to minister to people in, we have to understand a lot of those problems are, we, we've created those problems, right? You know, whether it's income disparity, whether you know, if you don't maintain your car, your car is going to break down, right? I mean, some of those unexpected issues we have in everyday life are a result of our lack of investment in protecting those things as we go through. So when we, when we change our mentality and we, we say, okay, well, you know, if I want to solve a family's money issues at Christmas by buying them Christmas gifts, for example, we were creating another problem with our solution, right? We were, we were devaluing that, that godly father's leadership and, and his perception of himself and not dealing or addressing that at all. I think if we had to do it differently, um, we might have met with the father and mother and offered to provide for them and then, and then allowed the group to get together everything they needed and then let the father and mother come and pick these things up and let the father and mother give those gifts to those children so that he could maintain his dignity and we could still serve. Now, we wouldn't get all the touchy-feely good, you know, good vibes that come with us showing up with our truck and the kids coming up and giving us hugs and thanking us for being their Santa Claus, right? But that's not what service is about. That's not what ministry is about, right? Ministry is about understanding how to serve others in a way that leads them closer to Christ, builds them up in the spirit, enforces their place in God's kingdom, protects their dignity, strengthens them, gives them an opportunity to to be better leaders and better servants and better followers of Jesus Christ themselves. So 
this podcast is really about introducing you all to a process. And that process is called the Ministry Canvas. It is a nine-step process that we've devised and we've used as references to help build this. The same process that entrepreneurs use when they're trying to validate a problem and create a solution to that problem. Entrepreneurs use this thing called the Lean Canvas, which which is a, a nine to 12 step process of identifying a problem, validating that problem, understanding who they're trying to solve the problem for, and then everything that goes into supporting that. Now, we've modified that process to fit what it means to do that in ministry. And with everyone that we coach and take through the Ministry Mindset Program, we actually sit down and spend a lot of time working on identifying the problem or the need that that person really feels inspired by God to meet, and then fleshing that out in a very detailed way so that when it's time to go out and, and, and do what they want to, what they're called to do, that they can experiment and test that process so that when they actually step into doing and serving and being used by God, right, the failure rate goes down and the outcomes that we want to have as a result of the ministry we're doing actually get met. So we call this the ministry canvas and it's a nine step process. There's a document that we have and the document's going to be available for, there'll be a link in the podcast description where you can go to our website and you can actually download a blank version of this canvas. But there's nine boxes on the canvas and I'm going to just quickly explain what each one of them are. And we're going to spend more time on future podcasts actually working through, you know, how we how we identify these pieces and putting together how we go out and serve. So the first one is the problem or the need. The problem that we want to solve, right? Is the problem single mother's ability to take care of their kids and go to work, right? Something as simple as that. You know, what is the problem we're trying to solve? The second box is who is our audience, right? So if the problem we want to solve is childcare for single mothers, then we know that our audience is single mothers. But we want to make sure that we're clear about that audience. Single mothers where? Single mothers what age? Single mothers with eight children of what age? Single mothers that only make this much money or work in this part of town. Because it's important to know who your audience is because that's going to affect everything else we do. And then the third box is probably, in my, my opinion, one of the most important. What is the value that we are going to provide that audience that has that problem? We could say, well, single mothers need childcare so they can go to work. So we're going to create a daycare and take care of their kids and boom. Well, that's great. But do we know that that is really, is that just the outcome? Is that the outcome we're trying, the problem we're trying to solve? Or is the bigger problem that single mothers who go to work can't afford childcare? Because that's a different problem altogether. Because anybody can create a daycare and charge people money to take care of their children, but not everybody can create a daycare that takes care of kids at a reduced rate or free so that these mothers can go work and understand that God is providing for them, right? What is the value? Right? Are we providing emotional support? Are we providing physical support? Are we providing training and education? Are we providing, uh, are we inspiring them? Are we providing uh, money? Are we providing, what is the value that we're providing? And then only after we've exhausted those three parts of this, of the equation, do we start talking about a solution? 
because we don't want to create a solution and then go look for a problem to solve with it. That's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. That's what a lot of people do. It's like, I want to do this and I'm going to go find somebody that I can do this for. It's better to find people in our everyday life that are struggling with something or an issue, whether it's depression or it's homelessness or it's uh, low income or it's a place to live or uh, their marriage. They're struggling with, with getting along with their spouse. Before we just create a premarital counseling ministry, Maybe we should really identify what is the problem in those marriages that we want to solve and, and what age group or what audience are we going to reach and what is the real value that these married couples need to be provided because that's going to ter- determine what the solution ends up being. So then after we've done that problem, audience, the value we're going to provide, and then we come up with a solution, obviously we need to test that. We need to know what activities will be involved, right? Are we going to need to have a place? Are we going to need resources? How are we going to, number six, how are we going to deliver our solution? How are we going to deliver the ministry to them? Is it going to be one-on-one? Is it going to be um, online? Is it going to be in our local community? Is it going to be at the community center? Is it going to be something we do secretly behind the scenes? Number seven, we need to know what resources we need. Do we need, do we need money? Do we need access to food? Do we need access to training materials? Do we need access to a location or a space? Do we need access to other volunteers? And then number eight, what cost factors are going to be involved? In other words, is this going to cost us money? How much money is it going to cost for us to do this? And then we can start thinking about what are we going to, where are we going to get that money? And then the last box, which a lot of people get confused is what are the services we're going to provide? You say, well, Tom, didn't we already decide that when we talked about the value we're going to provide and what the solution is? Well, not necessarily. If the value we're going to provide has to do with, you know, helping married couples rebuild their trust in each other and the Lord and provide a safe and loving, supportive environment that models what's in, in Corinthians, for example, that might be the value we're going to provide. And the solution might say, well, we want to offer some type of premarital or marital coaching and counseling. That's a solution, but that's not a service. The services are the actual things we're going to do, right? So at this point, after we've done all this other stuff and gone through this canvas, this is where we decide I'm going to create a life group for married couples. And we're going to talk about this, 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 and this with this outcome in mind, or I'm going to start meeting with married couples uh, one-on-one or two-on-one to basically help work through their issues, or we're going to have a marriage retreat, or we're going to do uh, marriage team building weekends where we do service projects as married couples, where we can learn how to serve others together, right? The services are driven only by the value and the solution, which is totally determined by the problem, the root problem we're trying to solve. So there's a lot to this and how this gets played out, how this gets put into practice is quite an experience. As I said before, we're going to spend some more time on the podcast long-term talking about each one of these sections and some people that are actually in the process right now of putting this together. But I highly recommend that you all go download this canvas and actually start thinking about, you know, what it we think about everything we've talked about so far in the ministry mindset, you know, our personality, our spiritual gifts, our cazone, 
and and starting to think differently about how God is using me right where I am, right? Not not that I need to go to seminary and be a pastor, although some of you will do that and want to do that. But for those of you who work great jobs, you have a family right in your local church, but you have this inspiration and this purpose that you want to fulfill, download this document and actually go through it and start filling out some of these these boxes and start thinking through, right? Think through the process because we want to be intentional. We want, we want our work to matter. God cares very, very deeply about what we do and how we do it. And we want to be intentional. We want to let the Holy Spirit flow through us as we go to serve. And we want our service to have a meaningful outcome. We want to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Download the document when you get a chance. And if you also get an opportunity, if you don't already have a copy, The Ministry Mindset by Tom Darling and myself is available on Amazon. And like I said, we go through everything we've talked about on the podcast, and we talk about the Ministry Canvas in great detail in that book as well. And of course, if if you're looking for coaching and you want to get involved and you want to be um, someone who goes through this process, our contact information is in the podcast. We would love to uh, get you into the program and and participating in some of our online training resources so you too can put your purpose into action. So until next time, thanks for being on the podcast today, and we look forward to seeing you later. Bye-bye and God bless.